0: Hello, and welcome to the Strengthening Your Marriage podcast with Jeremy and Hayley. You're tuning in to part two of the theme, When Your Marriage Isn't Thriving. And Hayley and I are just going to jump straight in to pick up where we left things in part one with uh, revisiting the stage of our marriage that we've shared about before, uh, where we would certainly say our marriage was not thriving. Uh, so let's get into it. Now, Hayley, I guess if we revisit that scene, knowing what we know now mm. but didn't know back then, mm. or should we have a tough period up ahead of us, mm-hmm. what, what do you think the answers
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> to those questions are? What would it look like for us to hope in mm. God?
1: Mm. Yeah. I guess the natural temptation would be hoping for things to get to a good place again. Yeah and things changing, yep. um, that's naturally where I think my mind would tend to go. But I think the difference would be rather than yeah, putting investing my hope in things changing, hmm. knowing that God is doing me good in the current circumstances and that he's actually orchestrated that hmm. to grow me to know him better and hmm. he's doing good work in me <laughs> hmm. and in both of us really. Mm. And that that's that's what god 's agenda is that's what he's doing, and he 's with me mm. um, and so my focus is to be continuing to follow him and grow to be like him mm. and ref- reflect his character mm. to you mm. and to find joy in doing that mm. yeah, and I think in order to find joy in doing it that's where the focus needs to be
0: mm.
1: on him and what he 's doing. Mm. Um, Because while it's focused on the marriage, if it's, yeah, it's then your joy is very much dependent on where it's at and how it's going, and that Mm. can be up and down. Yeah. 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 In terms of love, I think another thing is needing to remember the definition, like God's definition of love Mm. and what's in the best interest of that person. Mm. Because we talked before about um, thinking... At different times that what's in the best interest of someone else is feeling good about themselves feeling happy mm-hmm. having things easy mm-hmm. and so we can try and please our spouse but that's not love mm-hmm. um, and if you're wanting the relationship to work that's another i guess skewed version of love mm-hmm. you can try and please the other person in order to try and make things better but that's not always in their best interest Mm. so it's um i mean sometimes it will be Mm. but sometimes other things are required yeah yeah but like gently helping to prompt sight or to ask probing questions or to yeah yeah Yeah. bring truth
0: yeah Mm. there's a subtle difference isn't there and i think what you're alluding to there is actually control. It's yeah. you desire the relationship to look a certain way, yes. and you think that that's in your ability to bring yeah, about. Yeah. And so, in trying to secure the very thing you're wanting, mm. it actually can skew what's in the best interests of the other person mm. and end up being like manipulation, coer- coercing, or yeah, and that. The response then when you Mm. relate that way towards your spouse who may be Mm. disengaged is is actually, as I was suggesting earlier, is actually to push them further away and not draw them into relationship to draw them closer. (laughs) It's kind of counterproductive.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. And I think a helpful thing that you've often talked about is um, asking the question, is the way I'm relating moving towards that person Mm. or pushing them away? Mm. And I think that can be a helpful indicator as to whether you are actually loving well or whether there's some self-interest going on under the surface. Mm. Yeah. Because um, yeah. you can think, oh, but this is, this is true and this is right. Mm. But if you're pushing the other person away um, in the way you're addressing it, <laughs> mm. yeah, then there's something else going on. You're mm. not moving towards them.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. One of the ideas that comes to mind actually comes from Paul Tripp's parenting book. And we discussed that a little bit last night. But he uses these images to talk about the way you relate to your children. And he says that we can either operate as ambassadors or as owners. And and I think really we've got some work to do in this area in regards to our parenting. we, We chatted a bit about that. But I guess an ambassador is someone who represents someone else. And so their interests and concerns are shaped by the person they're representing rather than what they want. Whereas an owner says, this is mine. I am entitled to this. I have jurisdiction over this. It kind of needs to bow to my will. Uh, He's saying that parents often fall into that trap of relating to their children as if they own them rather than thinking first and foremost, they actually are called to represent who God is to them mm-hmm. in the way that they relate. And I guess the same reality is for husband and wife, mm-hmm. that we are called to be God's representatives. Um, husband is called to be that to his wife and a wife is called that to be that to her husband. Mm-hmm. And so it just changes the way we try and get about a good outcome mm-hmm. in our marriage. It doesn't mean that, we're not still looking for a good outcome, but we're chatting last night that idea that if things are not all that you desire to be in their marriage in your marriage instead of, I guess, demanding or expecting in return, uh, it kind of brings your own d- desires in- into line a bit mm-hmm. in-, in terms of their constrained a bit, mm-hmm by God's desires, they're um, pulled into their proper place back into proportion rather than being this all-consuming thing that your marriage is not what you want it to be. Mm. You acknowledge the pain and the disappointment and you you bring that to God, you talk with him honestly about it and you ask for his help. But you also recognise that you are to be his representative to your spouse Mm. and that changes the way you have those conversations. So... Mm. In the case for, for me, when I had a degree of blindness, like I, I did have some underlying sense that things weren't right between us and we'd, we'd have these conversations and I would feel very um, insecure. I would feel like maybe things were crumbling a bit um, or like I was just destined never to be able to give what you were wanting. Mm-hmm. I felt maybe like I was condemned to that. There was this underlying disappointment and pain that I'd kind of suppressed that was causing me to, to look elsewhere. And I guess what would have been helpful is, I guess, just taking taking time, a, a lot of time, I think, to mm-hmm. talk about the things that you are observing, but just being like very gentle. Yeah, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I guess one of the things I've picked up from my biblical counseling training is this ability to ask questions that mm. give the other person insight. Yeah. So even without saying this is what it is, mm. this is what's going on for you, or I think this is going on between us. It's not that you can't say that, mm. but but you're wanting to draw the other person into relationship with you and you're wanting to do them good mm. in the process. And so you ask gentle questions mm. that cause some reflection, mm. some some helpful looking at themselves mm. that, that might be the means by which God gives them sight and helps them uh, to see what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and, and I guess even there's an attitude of you've talked about thankfulness before and thankfulness mm-hmm. in seasons where our marriage hasn't been going well, mm-hmm. but I think it makes a huge difference to your spouse If you've got an attitude that isn't just fixed or Mm. just looking at what you don't have, but you're actually seeing the good that you do have, you're reminding yourself of that. You're actively thanking God for that. And you're you're telling them, I really appreciate this about you. It just changes the whole tone and dynamic Mm. rather than feeling like, oh, um, things aren't going well in our marriage. And my spouse thinks I'm the problem. And these are my list Mm -hmm. of issues. (laughs) It changes the dynamic from being interpreted that way to actually, I oh know there's some balance here. Mm. <laughs> I know some things that I am putting in that mm. I'm, I'm trying really hard to put in. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying, I am trying to be self sacrificial in this way. I'm trying to consider your interest here and here. Yeah. Oh, and you see that and you value that, you mm. appreciate that. It just changes the, the dynamic, doesn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. And I guess just on that as well, the humility to acknowledge that it's never. One way problems, either. Mm. That even yeah. if you do have maybe a more healthy perspective of what the relationship should be, even mm. that you will be still bringing destructive things to the relationship mm. because um, that's the nature of what we are as people. Um, the fact that God's not finished with us. Yeah, God's yeah. not finished with us. We're broken people. We have, yeah, mm. we still have that self centered thing going on at some level. At yeah. some level, yeah. yeah. Um, And so the humility to still be looking at what am I contributing to the dysfunction in the relationship and being being willing to own that and work on that too. Mm. Yeah. And I think as well, um, like with our relationship in that season, Mm. I think from my perspective, I didn't even see it um, that way. Mm. So I think I was actually blinded by the fact that I wanted the relationship to be something so much. Mm. I was blinded to what was going on for you. Mm. I didn't actually know what the issues were mm. with you. Yeah. Um, I thought that I was unlovely and so you didn't love me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Yeah. And so I wasn't even thinking in the categories of what's going on for you, how can I help you? <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm.
0: And I guess underlying this is kind of this idea that when you know God, he he actually controls every single detail Mm -hmm. of your life. The Bible is very clear, for example, that not a sparrow falls to the ground apart from God's will. So he exercises his control over every detail, and that means over every detail of what we're facing in any given moment. And he also has some very strong promises about his commitment to do us good in those moments, in every moment mm-hmm. when we trust him and we're looking to him, we belong to him. He's working to conform us into his likeness, to make us like Jesus in our character. We've been talking about this reflecting him. That's,
1: that's what that's all about also the same as the picture of the flourishing tree. Yeah. Yeah, all that we were meant to be. Yeah, yeah. Transforming us into that. Yeah,
0: mm. making us fully human. Yeah. they are mm. ways of talking about the same thing. And I guess what that means is if you're in a marriage now and, and you really feel like you're not thriving, there's, there's hope for you that's beyond just the possibility of your marriage changing. Mm. There's hope for you. Because God is committed to your good even if your spouse was to remain unengaged. Mm -hmm. That's a a hard thing to consider. But there's this dynamic of God working in you and for you and wanting you to see things about yourself that you wouldn't see any other way. Mm -hmm. And so you can be part of his process of, of participating in that. Uh, seeing things about yourself, your own weaknesses, your own self-centeredness, um, ways of seeking His forgiveness and His help for change, as you see those things about yourself, and then growing in and moving towards other people in the way that that He does, and particularly growing towards your spouse, even in the midst of things not being all that you would like them to be.
1: I think. Um and realising more and more just how key it is to know God really well and to keep getting to know him mm. in terms of reflecting that love because there's a lot there, like, and I think on the ground when we realise that things aren't quite right, it always links back to we have a different view of what God is like. Mm. Like we think he's a bit harsh or we think he's, um, we really need to know God well if we're going to reflect him well. Mm. And I think Oftentimes when we're lacking wisdom as to how to love well, it comes back to that. We need to know him better. Mm. That's what I've been Mm. convicted of lately. I really need to know him better. Mm.
0: So this is where Paul Tripp in the marriage seminars talks about being the tone of God's voice to our spouse or our children or being the touch of his hand. We know God so well, we know what he's like to us in particular moments that it doesn't take much then to know how we represent him well to our spouse or our kids in difficult moments for them just imagine that for a moment that as you're speaking to your spouse in a season of your marriage not thriving that you actually know god so well that the way you speak reflects the kind of way that he speaks, his tone of voice. Uh, You put your arm around your spouse and you provide the kind of comfort that you know that God himself provides because you've experienced firsthand, you know him. And I guess just thinking about how this all works out tangibly, often the way we see God's character to us is actually through the other people in our lives. Uh, So if you're wondering, what does it look like to mirror God, to reflect him to my spouse? A good starting point might be some mature Christians that you have in your life, Uh, people that you really trust, who have loved you well. Think about the particulars of the way they have loved you, the way they have responded to you in times of trouble or times when you've been distressed. How is it that they've given you a glimpse of God's character in that moment and then how can you embody those very same things towards your spouse? So one of the other things I've noted down here you chatted about, Haley, was the place of the psalms and prayer when you find yourself in a marriage where things aren't what you'd want them to be.
1: Mm. Yeah, I did um, a psalms class mm. when we were at college and that was really eye-opening for me, I guess particularly the idea of the lament psalms. Mm. And we looked at, is it Psalm 88? Yeah. Yeah. That is a completely bleak psalm. It doesn't end in an uplifted way. Mm. And that was just very striking to me Mm. that God invites us to talk to him so honestly that even, even if we can't move to a more positive place Mm. in that conversation, Mm. that that's okay, Mm. (laughs) that we can be completely honest as to where we're at. Mm. Yeah, that the fact that we're seeking him Mm. in that moment is what he's after. Mm. (laughs) It's not that he wants us to have our perspective all nice and clear Mm. and right (laughs) straight away. He just wants us to go to him.
0: Yeah. We don't have to sort ourselves out and get our thoughts in order. Yeah. be all prim and proper, but yeah. we we go to him with whatever reaction we're experiencing, whatever yeah. unpleasant emotions we feel, whatever yeah. we're desiring and not getting yeah. whatever particular frustrations there are if we're being
1: wronged or mistreated yeah. in some way. Yeah, yeah. And even even if we're feeling like anger towards God or yeah. being uncertain, like we can talk to him even about those things in our relationship with him. Mm. And I think that's what was particularly striking to me. Mm. <laughs> that he's robust, and I mean, he knows anyway Mm. that he's robust enough, that he wants us Mm. to have those conversations, and it's through those conversations that we do eventually start to move and grow in our thinking. Mm. And I think particularly if you're being wronged by someone, it Mm. is actually, it's really hurtful and it's really hard to deal with those negative emotions and that hurt. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm still learning how to do that because, yeah, in some relationships, other relationships where that is the case it's really hard to love well like Mm. you can still you can act towards that person in a way that's kind Mm. while still harboring kind of bitterness and resentment it's really hard to know how to handle those strong emotions and it very easily goes wrong Mm. um so it's important to be taking the emotions to god Mm.
0: Maybe I could just illustrate there a good friend of ours. He uses this language. He, he'd grown up in a home where things were dysfunctional and where his input wasn't sought, where his emotions were not really given any weight. And this kind of dynamic of, of knowing God and, and what's pictured in the Psalms and that becoming real for him is like, I have a home like what he didn't have mm. in his parental relationships and all that he desired and all the, the pain there. He found that he had mm. with God this, this listening ear and the ability to talk about wrongs, real wrongs done against him, uh, real pain, real mm. heartache, uh, as, well as, as well as joys and, mm. uh, and richness and
1: uh, things that he appreciates. <laughs> mm. 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 Yeah. And I guess there's the fact that God judges as well in there, that Mm. he will make things right, the wrongs right. Mm. And so we don't have to get revenge because we do that in subtle ways in Mm. relationships. Mm. Um, We feel like we need to get back at the other person or make them hurt the way they hurt us Mm. in some way. Mm. But entrusting, yeah, Mm. entrusting that role to God, judging. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so that we don't feel we have to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess when we talk about
0: wrongs and mistreatment, I guess there are certain categories where things are in a whole different category where there is something like abuse or domestic violence. And I guess our understanding of of the Bible is uh, certainly not that someone in that situation is compelled to stay, Mm, mm, (laughs) Um, but they certainly need the the help of wise Mm, helpers (laughs) to to come in and uh, help them work out how to have a season yeah. of separation. I was thinking practically of a woman who shared of her experience of living uh, separated from her husband for many years but continuing to live in the same house. Mm. And she is a Christian and he kind of you know, claimed to know God but was quite disinterested. I mean, he'd been disengaged with the marriage uh, for many years and. Uh, it was decided that they'd be best separating because of his some manipulative patterns there. So they, they did separate, but they continued to live together. And it was interesting just seeing her asking questions of her husband, of uh, wanting what his good was, even though that was the state of their marriages. And she was talking openly about what good books she might be able to give to him that would be constructive for Helping him get to know God, helping him to look at things like his anger, which can potentially be out of control. And uh, uh, the counsel she was given was, was actually, perhaps, I think, not, not looking at the anger was, was necessarily the first step, but, but something that was more central in, in actually knowing God. But, but she was taking these small steps of moving toward her husband and seeking his interest even though in, in lots of ways their relationship was still dysfunctional mm-hmm. and she described themselves as separated but living in the same house. Mm. But I guess that illustrates the kind of things that we're mm. talking about.
1: Mm. I think as well, um, talking about like different levels of wrong, I think the humility of knowing ourselves well mm. and the way that we wrong others, <laughs> the way we wrong God, mm. Um, That's really helpful for proportionality Mm. as well. Keeping things in proportion and compassion and understanding towards Mm. others. Um, Not calling wrong right, Mm. but having that posture of humility, Mm. I think is really important.
0: Mm. We might move to wrap it up there. I'm just going to reiterate the two questions that I asked you earlier to help you continue to think about this and, and make it personal for you. First question was to think about a time in your marriage where things had been hard, perhaps where you haven't been thriving, and to assess where was your hope placed? If that's now, what do you think you're hoping in uh, to get you through this tough season? And the second question is, what would it mean for you to hope in God during this time? What would it look like for you to know him? And start to put in practice the kind of things that he desires for you uh, in, in acting for the good of your spouse, even when things are difficult right, right at this moment, potentially. Oh, just one final reminder, if you've got any questions, uh, please write in via email. If you'd like to, via email, jeremy at thejoshuatree.com.au or via our church website at bit.ly forward slash marriage hyphen podcast bit.ly forward slash marriage hyphen podcast if you prefer to remain anonymous i've now changed the form around so that you don't have to have a name or an email address Uh, You could ignore the phone number field if you'd like and just put your question in anonymously and we'll take some time to mull it over and think about how how we can interact with what's on your heart and the things that uh, are important to you when you're thinking about marriage. So I mentioned at the start of this topic, a CCF podcast on failure to thrive marriages. And you can find that on the link I've already given you on our church website. Just under where I've listed episode nine, and or alternatively, I'll give you a short link to get straight to the resource. Here it is: Bitly. That's b-i-t. dot l-y forward slash challenge hyphen in hyphen marriage. So Bitly, b-i-t. dot l-y forward slash Challenge hyphen in hyphen marriage. Okay, thanks again for listening.